Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop, and this week, yes, it's stick and ball season. It's baseball month. The Creighton baseball team gets underway later this month, and it's softball month as the Blue Jay softball team is one week away from its season opener down in San Marcos, Texas, in the Texas State Tournament. They'll take on old Missouri Valley rival Southern Illinois. We'll hear from Krista Wood, the head coach of Blue Jay Softball, and a little bit later on, my conversation, my continued conversation with Creighton assistant baseball coach Condor Gannessy as we go over the pitching staff and look ahead to what we hope will be another exciting season of Blue Jay Baseball. Another quick reminder that the Blue Jay Baseball Steak Fry will be coming up on Saturday over at Cascio Steakhouse. ESPN's Kyle Peterson will be the MC and special guest speaker will be Scott Service, the manager of the Seattle Mariners and, of course, the nephew of head coach Ed Service. For more information, you can go to HilltoppersBaseballOfNebraska.com and find out more about this year's Creighton Baseball Steak Fry. That will be Saturday at 5.30 at Cascio's Steakhouse. We'll talk baseball in just a little bit. Also, we will wrap up the show today by looking at Creighton's projections for the NCAA tournament. We have reached the month of February, which, of course, is the penultimate month in the regular season. And we'll see where the Blue Jays are projecting right now for March Madness. But first, let's turn things over to my colleague, Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome on to the 1620 The Jays podcast this week, ahead of her second season as head coach of the Creighton softball team. It is Krista Wood. Coach Wood, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. I love it. It's going to be 50 degrees today, and it's feeling a little bit more like softball season. Yeah, it's probably the perfect time to interview you, certainly better than it would have been a couple of weeks ago with the weather. Uh, What is the feeling around the program, weather aside, uh, a little over a week away from the start of the season? You know, I think our kids are really excited. Uh, I feel like we have a new life this year. Uh, We have a lot of depth. We have depth in the circle, more depth in our lineup at every position. And it's been really competitive this preseason whether it's the pitchers versus our hitters or people competing at different positions. And that's been really fun to see the kids kind of compete uh, every day at practice. What, what would you say is the biggest difference between going into year one of a program and year two? And ter- I, I have to imagine there's a lot of different ways where things are going to be different. What would you say is the biggest difference? Yeah, I would say, you know, last year, you, you know, you're trying to bring in your culture, you're trying to bring in your spin on things, uh, you know, everybody seems to be a freshman that year because everything's new for everybody. The way we run practices, the way we travel, the way we do our leadership sessions, everything's new. So everybody's still trying to figure us out and understand that. And so 
I think it's all about trying to set our standard and our expectations and what it's like. And to be honest, it's like, I also think you're trying to meet them in the middle to see like, Hey, what did you guys do that worked? And what, what do I want to change? Cause you, I didn't want to come in and change everything. I also wanted to meet them in the middle a little bit. So now this year where it's been slightly different, I'm like, okay, last year we tried to meet you in the middle. And so this year, these are the things we're going to change. We're going to continue to build on our culture. And now we're going to do things a little bit more the way I want them done. And now we have three classes, our sophomores, juniors, and seniors that are helping us lead the freshmen and lead the team because they understand what we do, what our expectations are and what our standards are. So uh, there was just a lot of teaching last year about little things and, you know, either 15 minutes before practice and just kind of the way we, we do things. And so now the Blue Jay way and the way we do things uh, we don't have to worry about as much because the, the players kind of, you know, police themselves with that. So now we are teaching more of the game and the, and, and the, the fundamentals and, and all that stuff that goes into it than just trying to, you know, get everybody on board with what we're trying to do. Would you say that that's a change from how you operated in, in the past as a head coach? You're entering your 18th season. I have to imagine that you have changed a lot in, in what you're doing with, you know, year one of a program now versus what it was like maybe at your other stops? Yeah, I think, you know, this is the third program I've taken over. And I didn't, I learned that focusing on culture and that stuff and the standards and expectations outweighs the wins and losses early. And I think my first two times I took over programs, I was so wrapped up in the wins and losses early that I think we could have won faster and sustained it longer if, if I would have worried about culture standards, expectations early. So I took, I took it this year or this year when I took this job last year was, okay, let's really focus on our fight, you know, our fight culture, our, our, our standards, our expectations, and hopefully we win along the way, you know, and then we can grow from there and let's try to build it from the foundation up instead of trying to go from the top down. So kind of along those lines then from 22 to 23, the program improved in a number of ways, uh, including in the win-loss column. Um, when you start thinking now about that next step with the culture established and hoping to see it show itself in the in the record or in statistics, what, what does that proverbial next step look like in year two? You know, our kids have put in a lot of work and I think the biggest thing, and we, we say fight, you know, we talk about family, integrity, growth, heart, and trust. And the big thing this year is going to be, you know, play in the moment and, you know, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of letting your teammates down that we have to fight for every out, every pitch, every hit that we get, we have to fight and we can never give up. There were times that we maybe gave up an inning or two and we gave it to our opponents because we were maybe feeling bad for ourselves or here we go again mentality. And it's got to be, no, this is us now. We've worked too hard for this and we're going to continue to fight till the end, whether we win or we lose. And then we regroup and we need to be a little bit more resilient this year. We need to be able to bounce back uh, from one game to another, from an inning to another, from a pitch to a pitch and be a little bit more consistent with our play. One of the players that you certainly inherited uh, that had a wonderful 2023 was Kayla Nielsen, first team all Big East in 2023 what does that next step look like for her what are you hoping to see from her in in her last season with Creighton yeah I mean I'm really grateful she came back to to play with us her fifth year uh Kayla's Kayla she kind of beats to her own drum and 
that's when she plays her best is when she's, you know, just kind of loose and I'm looking for her to continue to be a spark in the leadoff spot for us and a solid defender out and left. But, you know, she's, I, I, I truly, uh, am, uh, you know, admire her. She's a fifth year nursing student and then she comes here and does what she does. And she puts in lots of hours and sacrifice to do this with the team. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on her because she did have a great season, but I think that she does a great job of balancing the two. I'm always curious about uh, a head coach that goes from one level uh, in college sports to another level. You've now done it multiple times. Um, uh, and, and like what that means for recruiting. And so this is kind of a two-part question of how you change your recruiting philosophy when you move to a new program. And then also asking you about the new players that you're going to have on your roster this year. Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you switch schools, you got to figure out your niche. What do you love about that school? Where is it at? And, you know, I've been at, I was at two rural, you know, more rural schools before I come to the city. And so I definitely had to change my recruiting tune a little bit because I'm used to for 16 years talking about, Hey, you'll find things to do here, you know, <laughs> the country pretty much. But now, um, you know, you're in the city, um, you know, the big East, I think is intriguing just being able to travel that the, the teams get to do Creighton uh, and the education that you get. I mean, I've never been able to really sell that, that piece of it. And it's really important to females. So you just have to figure out, you know, what, what's important to kids, when, each kid, when you're trying to recruit them and uh, when they come in and when I'm recruiting them, we definitely go over our culture and what it's like. So when kids step into our program, it's not brand new to them. They already know what fight means. They already know like what we kind of do and they understand it. And as a recruit, you're either signing up for that or you decide not to sign up for that. So um, I really think our freshmen have really come into that, into that fight mentality, the culture and, and the upperclassmen are doing well with it. But I mean, we're, we're continuing to try to bring in athletes and softball players and, you know, continue to be better on the field and have good student athletes and, and, and get that education. So this year uh, we have two new pitchers. Uh, they're both, both, Oh, actually we have three new pitchers. I'm sorry. Um, we have a transfer from Wichita state. I was thinking freshman in my mind, uh, but we have a transfer from Wichita state. So I'll talk about my transfers first. I have two transfers, um, Kenzie chauffeur from Wichita state and Kaylin Schultz uh, from South Dakota state. And, they both have been doing really well in the preseason. Kenzie's just a solid pitcher out on the mound, is able to really locate well, change speeds, move planes, and has a very uh, she's very confident and is very has very composed on the mound. And I'm looking for her to really be a big part of our pitching staff this spring. Kaylin Schultz uh, redshirted last year, so this is technically her freshman year. Uh, is from Nebraska. Led you know I think led the state of Nebraska in home runs and she's really showing a lot of pop off her bat right now. And she's working two positions and we're trying to, you know, continue to push her. And I think she'll be a part of our offensive lineup for sure. With the pop she has, she has high power, low strikeouts, and she's been doing really well. So those are our two transfers, but from there we have uh, some freshmen that I think three freshmen that really stand out to me right now that will do a lot for us. Ashton Pearson, from a really small town in, in uh, Kansas, uh, she's locked down shortstop, man. That kid can move, and she really 
has good hands and covers a lot of space out there. She's really fun to watch. So if you get out to watch this play, really, I'm really lucky that we have her for the four years. Um, Sydney Potter, she's a catcher, DP, lots of power. She comes from Southeast Polk, was one of the top hitter, top home run hitters in the state of Iowa. Um, has a cannon for an arm, and she'll be in the lineup, you know, catching, DPing, because I mean, she's been showing a lot of, lot of home run and a lot of just promise at the plate. And then um, there was, oh, my two pitchers, actually, my two pitchers, uh, Brooke and Brooklyn. They're both very different. One's more up, one's more down. Um, and again, small towns, and just love being here. They work hard. They're moving the ball around. Our pitching staff's very 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 um unique they all have something different that they can bring to the table we're six deep now which is nice so if someone's not getting their job done hopefully we can put somebody else in to do the job i mean all the freshmen have been working hard but i would say those are the ones that are going to come in and you know really make a difference right away one more for you before we let you go season begins five games in three days uh starting next friday what are you hoping to see from your group down in texas yeah, I mean, we open up with a tough weekend. I mean, we're going to play two teams that went to the NCAA tournament last year, which I'm excited to kind of see where are we, what do we need to work on. So um, I'm excited to see our team out there fighting together and really, you know, putting everything that we've practiced here into play and not just having to compete against each other. And then I want to see how resilient are we? Like, are we able to bounce back? And I think opening weekend – it, it can go every which way. I mean, no one's been out there yet. It'll be our first time on dirt, really. And um, we've been able to get out now and be able to hit some fly balls, so that's good. But I'm just excited to get out there with this team because I feel like they're really bought into what we're doing, and I think they have the chance to do some big things this spring. So just putting it into play and starting on our journey. Well, Coach Wood, we appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast today. I'm looking forward to being on the call for, for some uh, games this year with the crew. Uh, good luck to you. Safe travels down to Texas and have a great season. Thank you. John, back to you. And again, Blue Jay softball will open the season one week from today. If you're listening on Friday, it's Friday, February the 9th in San Marcos, Texas against Southern Illinois as part of the Texas State Tournament. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Last week, we had a chance to sit down with Creighton assistant baseball coach Condor Gannessy about the newcomers to this year's team, especially on the position player side of the ledger, and look at the offense for 2024. Now it's time to look at pitching and defense. So, Connor, let's talk about the pitching staff. Last week here on the podcast, we talked about the newcomers at the position groups, the grad transfers, the transfer portal players. You also added some arms for the pitching staff. Let's talk about the newbies that we expect to see this season. Yeah, we'll start with uh, Chad Saner. He came from Illinois Springfield, um, had a really, really good career with them. Uh, Their head coach left to go up to Northern Illinois, so Chad hopped on the transfer portal. Uh, Very mature kid, three or four pitch mix, throws a ton of strikes, absolute bulldog on the mound. I think we'll see Chad probably pitch on that Saturday role, um, barring some some drastic, uh, you know, mess up on his end. We, <laughs> we feel we feel pretty confident with Chad. Um, good changeup, good breaking ball, kind of throws the fastball with a little ride on it um, so he can kind of pitch at the top of the zone and then tunnel that with the breaking ball. So he kind of brings those two dynamics, but very mature kid actually got engaged this fall. So uh, uh channeled is steven ashworth um you know and so i think it's, it's everyone's getting married around this program what's going on <laughs> oh, i know everybody's getting married um so you know we're very excited about chad it adds another dimension and, and luckily he's got another year with us so he's got he's got this year and, and next year so we're lucky to have that grad transfer uh the next guy i'd say would be jimmy burke um six foot five 200 pound from from south suburban uh junior college out in chicago um, unbelievable kid. One of the nicest kids you'll ever meet, but, uh, he'll be 90, 93, uh, slider and a changeup. Changeup's a difference maker. Really good. Pounds the zone. Um, and he's kind of going to be that swing guy, in my opinion. He has an opportunity to make the starting rotation, but he's also got the opportunity to pitch. You know, we got some big midweek games that we have to cover. He could be that situational guy. He could also be the guy first one out of the bullpen in case there's a situation on, on a weekend. If, if we're comfortable where we're at in the rotation. So Jimmy's awesome. Pounds the zone. Obviously that's kind of, you know, the MO of Creighton's pitching staff. If you don't throw strikes, you're not going to pitch. You know, historically one of the best defenses in the country year in and year out. So your pitching staff better throw strikes. And Jimmy, you know, checks that box at a very high level. Um, Got a couple junior college guys, Brandon, Braden Gluth. um, And then also he's from Eastern Arizona. And then Jackson Brenna, who's from Paradise Valley uh, in the Scottsdale area. Uh, glue sinker slider guy, you know, he'll be somewhere between 87, 90, uh, good slider though, can throw the slider whenever he wants. And then Jackson Brent is a left-hander, you know, he'll be mid to upper eighties, but has the ability to throw two different breaking balls as well. Part of one of the, you know, coaches off season goals was to get a couple more left-handed pieces back there. Um, you know, I think last year was really only Tommy Lamb and, and Paul Bergstrom. Um, and most years it was just Paul. So I think we have the opportunity to add some more depth from the left-handed uh, side of that. So, those would be the three junior college guys. Chad um, is the one transfer portal starter that we kind of got. And then Parker Primo, who's from Centenary down in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Parker's kind of a, he can kind of do it all. You know, he started down there, but he was also a D3 All-American uh, as a as a closer. So he's done both. 
I think Parker's going to be a guy that we can use two, if not three times on the weekend. I don't want to call him a rubber arm, knock on wood, but uh, he's got the ability to throw from multiple slots, which obviously, you know, you know better than anybody. Coach loves that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's kind of got a little subby. He's also got a wide three quarter. He could also throw it over the top if he needs to. But uh, fastball with a lot of run, a lot of two seam action on it. And then he's also got a slider to compile with that. And then he'll also feature a changeup to throw against lefties. Parker's going to kind of be that like that fireman guy that you can kind of throw in the sixth, seventh inning if you need to. You could also put him in the eighth inning as a setup guy. Um, and then the other one, I think I'll shift over now. I think I covered all the tra transfer portal guys. You can see how my brain's spinning right now. Oh, I know. There's a new, a new people all the time. <laughs> There's a lot of new people. Um, this freshman class is unbelievably talented um, in terms of pitchers. Just lights out. Uh, Shea went from Blair, big time arm. I mean, up to 96 this fall, it's a big, big time arm. The knock kind of on Shea with the pro guys was he didn't throw a ton of strikes. And I think he just went off this fall. I mean, he pounded the zone, um, absolutely hammered it with his big 12, six curveball, And then he also features a really, really good changeup. So Shea's one to look out for. I mean, you're talking about a six, four guy, physical looking athlete. Um, you know, he's, he's a big time arm that we're very, very excited about Jack P now from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Um, Jack was actually on the, uh, Canadian national team for, I think it was 17 U, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jack again was up to 95 this fall. He'll be comfortably 90, 93 features a good breaking ball changeup as well. So he's a three pitch guy. You know, he's got the makings of a future rotation guy. Um, you know, all three guys that I'm going to mention right here have the ability to pitch on the weekend rotation. If not this year, definitely next year. You know, that's that's kind of what we envision. Because the other guy we got is a left-hander. He's a Gatorade player of the year up in North Dakota. My not North Dakota, which is basically Canada. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, his name's Eli Nissen. Just an absolute gamer on the mound. Uh, left-handed, 88-91. It's been up to 92, but just pounds the zone with, you know, three pitches. Throws a ton of strikes. Um, and his best days are ahead of him. So, you know, kind of just super composed on the mound, no moments too big for him. You know, all three guys have a super high maturity level that we're extremely excited about. And then the other left-hander is Andrew Rocco. Um, he is up uh, from Minnesota. So he's a Minnesota kid that actually played for our former volunteer, Paul Widener. Um, so he played for Paul up there. Left-hander, mid to upper 80s. Um, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time. He's not as polished as the other three guys, but that's okay. You know, he's got the ability to, you know, he's got a good future ahead of him. He throws from a good wide three quarter arm slot. Um, and he had some good flashes this fall. I just think with the depth that we have on this pitching staff, it's going to take a little bit of time, um, for him to get rolling. As far as the starting rotation looks, obviously, uh, Dominic Cancellari returns after a solid year last year. This is the former Notre Dame transfer. He was also named on the uh, Big East uh, preseason list. I assume he's obviously in the mix for Friday night, but you always look for, you know, someone who could really anchor that rotation. What's going to competition level going to be like for that number one spot? I think Dom's kind of done what he's needed to do to get it. Um, you know, I know he kind of, you know, he had a, he had some good starts. He he had one bad outing, I think, that maybe made his numbers a little bit more inflated what they are. But um, he's probably the most experienced pitcher in having that big role. Um, and so we feel like Dom's kind of, you know, he's going to pitch on Friday nights for us. So, um, 
you know, he he's he's got the ability to pitch seven innings anytime he wants. I just think he needs to be a little bit more efficient with the pitch count. You know, I think there's times where he kind of toys a little bit too much for for my liking. And I think that pitch count can kind of get climb up there. Uh he gets to 0212 better than anybody. He just needs to go a little bit, you know, when when you get there, put him away. So Dom will go Friday, Chad will go Saturday. Um, and and I think Sunday's still kind of up in the air. It's a combo between Jimmy Burke, one of those freshmen, or also Cade Lamel. And I know Cade really struggled last year. It was not what he wanted. But Cade's pitched in the rotation for two years out of his three. Um, changed his arm slot. Kind of a wide three-quarter now. So he's he's pitching from a different arm slot. And the amount of movement he's had, gotten his fastball is well below, well above major league average. I mean, the ball's moving over, on average, 26 inches. Um, and, and I mean, we're talking about two feet worth of movement on his fastball, uh, um, with run on it. So he had a good summer. He was an all-star in the Northwoods. We had a lot of guys that were, but he was an all-star in the Northwoods. He came out this fall, he pounded the zone. He didn't walk a lot of guys. He didn't hit a lot of guys, which has kind of been his MO. Um, it's kind of been his, his, his downfall because guys don't square him up. Um, Cade gets into trouble because he's walking a guy or he's hitting a guy. And we haven't seen that yet this fall. So um Cade's kind of taken that step you know towards I want to say uh, you know taking that Sunday role but I think it's still kind of to be determined over these next three weeks on who pitches but the nice thing is you got like six or seven options having those options are certainly huge and and, and I know last year at times it felt like you know everything was really condensed in terms of who you could really trust out there and when you lose a guy like a Tommy Starr, and I know Tommy wasn't as good last year as he had hoped he would be, but still, he was that guy you could just, hey, I need I need a closer. Hey, I need a guy who could pitch four innings. Hey, I need a guy who can pitch five innings. We've seen him do that. Is it is the hope this year, I mean, you always like to have a guy like that, but is the hope this year that you won't have to lean so much on one guy out of the bullpen in so many circumstances because – they're so durable that there's going to be a little bit more depth there that you'll have options, more options than you did last year. Yeah. I mean, we have guys like Shane Curtin who didn't pitch a whole lot last year. Um, we have guys, you know, like Tommy Lamb's back, um, Malachi Vitak, who played a massive role for us. Um, and then I think the big one that, you know, I haven't talked about yet is Mason Cook. Um, and Mason Cook is unbelievable. I mean, Miller West kid. He's 90 to 94 with a put away slider. I think you'll see Mason either in the eighth inning, if not the closer. I mean, it's electric back there. So, um, you know, it's it's a situation for to be determined, but I like where we're at with those options. We have a lot of options for those guys to kind of fill those roles, um, you know, and I think it's kind of to be determined, but I like where we're at, John. I think it's a good situation for us. You mentioned earlier, and for some of the folks who aren't familiar, the TrackMan system, which is basically the ability to track everything. You can track the flight of the ball, you track pitchers, you track or pitching, uh, and this is part of what the Creighton Baseball Analytics team has been able to do for us for the last few years. This was something that was not in our game. It's been in the pro game, certainly a lot longer than the college game, but just talk about how much that has helped both pitching and hitting for just being able to analyze just what guys are able to do and look at it and give you some hard data to go off of. Yeah, I apologize for my two-year-old. He wanted to hear how the team's going to be this year as well. So if No problem. Him, I didn't hear him. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, no, the, the analytics side of it's been great. Uh, we have the TrackMan at the stadium. We also went out this uh, this offseason and we were able to fundraise to get the portable TrackMan. So the for the people that aren't familiar with it, the stadium TrackMan is, is strictly at the stadium. We can't use it in practice. Um, it just we can't bring it on campus or anything like that. So we went out, we fundraised for a portable one. Uh, and that has the ability to not only do pitching and hitting, but you can do it at the same time, which is great. So basically you have the stadium unit and you can bring it wherever you want on campus. So, you know, we were scrimmaging off site, not on campus. We were able to get all that data with that. Uh, we also use it during batting practice inside at the Kitty Gone. The guys also use it at their bullpens at the Rasmussen Center. So there's a lot of different things that we can add with it. And then obviously having that analytics team is huge. So for the guys development, we feel like we're in a really good spot with technology. Um, we can devise plans based on the, the numbers and then also with our eyes. And I think with this generation, if you don't have numbers to back it up, they're only going to take you at face value. And now if you can say, hey, here's the numbers and here's what I've been telling you and they match up. And now they're like, OK, coach, we got you. We understand what you're saying. Now let's go to work. Um, so I think for us. You want to make sure that you give them enough numbers, but you also want to make sure that you're not paralyzing them, you know, by overanalyzing. Right. Uh, and I think that's that's often a, a, a little bit of a battle. But um, we do have a new piece that we're adding this year. Um, we use 643 Game Charts, which is a company that you know gives you spray charts on on teams. But we have the ability with our video software, which is Synergy Sports and also TrackMan, um, we can create scouting reports through their company. Um, which is great along with what we're seeing with our eyes. So hopefully putting our players in a better position, but I think also having the ability to um, in layman's terms, in simplistic terms, break it down and say, Hey, fellas, here's what you need to do. Go do it without being like, wait, what did coach say? Um, so I think it's, it's definitely helped us. Uh, and the track man stuff's been great. You know, our guys get a kick out of it. You know, I've seen with the ball flight in the cage and they're like, Oh, I just hit that ball 107. Um <laughs> And I played with guys all the time. They're like, man, I hit that ball 100 miles an hour. You can't do that nowadays with the track man pulled up there. There's no nope. lying. No, nope. there's a, it, it, the truth is right there. Technology does not lie. The season, by the way, begins in just a couple of weeks. The Jays will be at Coppin State, headed out to Baltimore. They've also got uh, games early in the season, Houston Christian. They'll be in Sugarland, Texas, where there's a ton of different teams, including Air Force, Louisiana Tech, Army. And uh, looking ahead further in the schedule, San Francisco will be making a trip. And yes, the Stanford Cardinal will be a road trip this year out in Palo Alto, out in Sunken Diamond. Going to be a very exciting season of Blue Jay baseball. Connor Gandesi, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck this season. I can't wait to get to the ballpark, especially after all this damn snow and cold. Uh, you're not kidding, man. I can't wait to hear some Jays wins either. And again, the Blue Jays open the season in two weeks. It'll be Friday, February 16th, as Creighton travels to Baltimore to take on Coppin State in a three-game weekend series. Then they'll be off to Sugarland, Texas for some tournament action featuring games against Houston Christian, UTSA, UIC, 
And then later on, we'll see action against Air Force and Louisiana Tech. In fact, the Jays are really going to spend two full weeks down in Sugarland, Texas, really getting in a lot of different games against six different opponents. So a unique opportunity there before the Jays then return home for what is hopefully, fingers crossed, scheduled to be their home opener against UMass Lowell. That'll be on Tuesday, March the 5th at 6 p.m. That seems like a very optimistic start time, but... Again, it's fingers crossed. If the weather can maintain it as it's been this week, who knows? Maybe the Jays will actually get a chance to play outdoors at night early in March. More on Jays baseball later this season. Of course, you'll be able to hear some games this season at home on 1620 The Zone and 1180 The Zone. Well, speaking of The Zone, of course, Creighton basketball gets underway tonight back at home for one last game in this three-game homestand against the Butler Bulldogs. Pre-game time at 6 p.m., tip-off just after 8 o'clock. And this begins the month of February. This is the penultimate month of regular season basketball and college basketball as the Jays try to position themselves now for a good bid and a good seed in the NCAA tournament. As things start today, they are tied for second place in the league standings. But as you look now ahead as to what faces the Jays, the rest of this season, things going to get really tough really quick because two of the toughest places to win on the road are next up on the schedule next Wednesday at Providence, then a week from Saturday at Xavier. In fact, of the rest of the schedule, every team but Georgetown remaining on Creighton's regular season schedule is either solidly a tournament team or a team that is fighting for a spot on the bubble. You could really look at the top nine teams all the way down to Villanova in ninth place. All nine of those teams still have designs on the NCAA tournament. Obviously, not all of them are going to get there, but there's going to be team shooting for Creighton because right now Creighton is a quad one victory, either home or road, with their top 20 rating in the NCAA's net ranking system, which is their sorting mechanism that they use to determine what's a quad one win, what's a quad two win etc. So the Jays will certainly have a target on their back because a lot of teams will see an opportunity to pick up a very big quality win starting tonight with Butler, one of those teams that is on the bubble. The website I like to go to often is BartTorvik.com because he does a T-Racketology where he estimates using his analytics the rest of the season and then projects the field. So his projections are based on what his computer simulations are telling him is going to play out the rest of the way. And as of today, the Big East has six teams in with teams like Butler and Xavier being among the first teams out and Seton Hall and Providence being among the last four teams in. So it's a real tipping point right now between whether or not the Big East gets four teams in the tournament or up to six or maybe even seven teams in the tournament. So again, when you talk about how difficult this schedule is going to be in the month of February, it's because Creighton's going to be playing a lot of these teams who right now are would be considered bubble teams. On uh, Bart Torvik's uh, T-Rackentology, the Jays are right now a four seed in the NCAA tournament with uh, other schools like Illinois, Auburn, and Duke. The five seeds right now, according to Bart Torvik, as the season projects out, are Baylor, Texas Tech, Michigan State, and Dayton. So right now, as the committee is about to reveal here in another week or so, 
their sneak peek at the top 16 teams in the bracket. Creighton will have an opportunity if they have a good finish to this week and, of course, a good start to next week an opportunity to at least get that early look in as one of the top 16 teams being one of the top four seeds for the NCAA tournament. The Blue Jays right now project to finish 22-9, and according to Bart Torvik, which would be 13-7 and in the Big East Conference. Obviously, UConn right now looks to be the clear runaway favorite to win the regular season championship, but the Jays will get one more crack at the Huskies coming up on Tuesday night. February the 20th, and that'll certainly be an opportunity for the Jays to pick up a huge win as well as they look to improve upon their tournament resume. So that's a brief look at what's going on with Creighton basketball, and of course the Creighton women are still percolating right along very nicely. A huge win over Marquette earlier this week as they continue to string together a really, really good season. The Blue Jays solidly in uh, second place right now in the conference standing 17-3 and overall and winners of seven straight. They will be at Butler on Sunday at 1 o'clock before they then travel to Xavier on Tuesday. So it's a very quick turnaround, just a one-day rest. Sunday to Tuesday, Butler and Xavier before the Blue Jay women return home next Saturday to face off against DePaul at Sokol Arena. Meantime, the rest of the week's schedule, the men's tennis team will be taking on Youngstown State on Friday afternoon. Men's basketball tonight against Butler, 8 o'clock tip-off time. Men's cross country and women's cross country are both at the Iowa State Classic this weekend. The tennis team travels to Des Moines to face Drake at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The women's tennis team will be hosting Northern Iowa Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. And again, women's basketball will be at Butler Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock tip-off time. And then later this week on uh, Tuesday, the women will be at Xavier before the men go on the road on Wednesday night, 7.30 tip-off time at Providence. And that's a brief look at where the Jays will be over the next few days. And that'll wrap things up for this week's edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. For Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.